Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. This week, again, we have an interview for you. And joining me as always, Travis Ross of Make Your Mark Design. I don't know why this particular intro is so awkward for me to start saying, but here we are. Uh, Travis, how's things going, man? <laughs> uh, things are going good, man. Um, we we actually kind of did a, a few dis- few interview podcasts together, so yeah, it's, it's literally back. like... We 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 kind of did this whole like how's it going today yesterday and so not <laughs> yeah, a lot. Maybe that's changed, why it feels really. a lot of stilted. I mean, to the <laughs> listener, it's been a week, but to us, it's been twenty four hours. Um, yeah. So I am excited. I will say I'm excited to be back using uh, the Streamyard software. It seems it does seem a little more aesthetically pleasing. Maybe this episode will finally be able to be back on YouTube because of the lack of need of post production. Right. Uh, but for that, f- those who are listening don't know that travis is wearing a shirt that i want him to explain really quick oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh travis what what does your shirt mean it says it's the word jerks circled mm-hmm. uh so uh, travis yep. what's what's the backstory here so uh i don't know probably five six years ago um there's a group of people on Facebook that we formed this, you know, little chat group and we've been friends. We've hung out with each other at different events, you know, in the Amazon space and, uh, you know, gone to Vegas and, um, you know, all over the place. They came to our, you know, the RMRC. And yeah. at one point somebody named it the circle of jerks and, um, <laughs> Kind of, um, yeah, it's borderline there. And then at another time, somebody used their merch account and literally printed up these little, you know, these shirts yeah, and shirts. Sent, sent them to all of us. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, I was not necessarily thinking about the fact that I would be on a podcast <laughs> on the video and that, nor that you would ask me about my shirt. Well, because, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I, I was like, what what can we use as fodder for the intro and uh, mm. your shirt's first into your mind? But we often talk about, uh, you know, one day if we have a POD cast convention, I think if that ever happens, we should have a late night panel, the circle of jerks. I can MC, we can ask questions, we can talk about Amazon and print on demand. And I think Heck it would yeah. be wildly entertaining because I know the people in that group. And uh, so shout out if you were oh. in that group and you listen, shout out to all of you jerks. It, that it would be it would be wild. That would be. It, for it sure. would be. It would have to be an after hours <laughs> panel, and we would have Moscow mules and old fashions uh, at the ready. <laughs> so I think there'd be a lot of fun. Travis, this week, we don't have a, a point of interest other than your mm-hmm. shirt and your friends in that group. Uh, <clears throat> but, but the main event this week is Cole Lundstrom, and he's with Shirt Agency in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. And there's something different about this particular guest because yeah. he's actually predominantly a screen printer. Right. And we've never had a screen printer on the print on demand cast because typically you don't think of uh, screen printing as print on demand. It's sure. pre preprint. And as we'll get into in the interview, pre- you can, on demand. yeah, you can do on demand fulfillment using sure. screen printing, but you have to like, you know, stock up first. And so mm-hmm. there's there's some subtle differences and there's some subtle similarities. I just thought it'd be really interesting to talk to somebody who 
um, has a successful screen printing um, you know, operation and is doing yeah. on-demand fulfillment uh, with, you know, just a different technology. We've never talked about screen printing on the show, really. We've never really explained what it is. Um, I think most people probably have seen screen printed shirts, uh, sure. but maybe you you don't necessarily know how to do it. So I'm excited to have Cole kind of share some of that, pull back the curtain. I really like Cole's just, he's just a no nonsense guy. He's right yeah. to the point. And, um, and he just kind of says it like it is. Uh, he has a podcast, uh, which, you know, is a, that's actually how I found him. I've, I've really enjoyed his kind of interview style. He has building your yeah. t-shirt empire podcast. And I, I just kind of found it because like we always say, uh, we we've always been kind of looking for shows that would interest us. That would be, sure. you know, about apparel or, um, you know, print on demand or whatever. And, and his was one of the ones that I found when I was kind of searching. Um, and I, like I say, I really enjoyed his, some of his, his takes on things. There's, there's one episode in, in, in particular, uh, actually, I, I, I actually talk about it in the interview where he's kind of giving some tips to, a you know, a fellow screen printer and saying, right. you know, going through his website and just giving his, his, his opinion and he doesn't pull any punches, man. So <laughs> he's really straightforward. So I, I, I appreciate that. And I'm excited for our listeners to kind of, um, hear from somebody that's and it's swimming in a different stream really, but sure. it's a related stream, you know? Yeah. Yep. So with that being said, we're going to take you guys straight to the main event of this episode, our interview with Cole Lundstrom. All right, Travis, this week for the main event, we are welcoming Cole Lundstrom from of Shirt Agency in Los Angeles, California. And Cole has been with Shirt Agency for almost 10 years. He's coming up on his 10-year anniversary. Yeah. So for those listening, gives you an idea of how long he's been in the industry. And he's also um, the, a co- the co-host, or the host rather, of Building Your T-Shirt Empire podcast. We have a fellow podcaster with us today yeah. as well. Please welcome to the Print on Demand cast, Cole Lundstrom. Cole, thank you so much for taking the time. How, how's things going there in Los Angeles? Hey, the, things are coming back like crazy. Like we, it's awesome. We doubled our May revenue within the first ten days of June. That's wow. how crazy the reopening's been for us. Wow, that's that awesome. Is- that's that is awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna get started here, and like we mentioned, uh, you are a fellow podcaster. So the first question is more out of our curiosity: uh, <laughs> What made you want to start the Building Your T Shirt Empire podcast? Access to people that I didn't have a reason to call. That was it. It was just like, oh hey, how do I talk to the dude that started Bella Canvas? I have to make the interview public. And so all of a sudden, when you say that you're producing something as an interview that's going to be broadcast, they see it as an opportunity to promote and they say yes. Hmm. So is, is so really, it kind of a, a networking thing or the way to kind of make connections? And you just thought yeah. a podcast was yeah. a good way to lure the people on to, to make that that relational connect, connection. Yeah, I mean, I met a, I've met a ton of people because of the podcast. It's not like I've ever made money on the podcast, but the business relationships have been kind of invaluable. Um, sure. And having these people that are running multi-million or $100 million companies, like, answer your stupid question about, like, hey, how did you grow from a million to five? 
that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. even though a lot of them have relatively similar answers, um, it's just awesome that they even care enough to answer it, you know? Sure. Totally. I kind of feel like Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live when he's interviewing Paul McCartney and he says, Remember yeah. that time you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally understand. That's basically that. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, full disclosure, that's the whole reason we did this. You know, we just wanted to finally get to the place where we could interview you, Cole. Um, you know, the, the, you the finally big, made big it. dog. And we finally made yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. The big dog yeah. in LA. Uh, I have listened to your podcast. You've had a lot of cool interviews with a lot of people. One thing that I really like about your style on your podcast is you, you know, you don't pull any punches. I remember when you were doing a uh, kind of a going through someone's website and you were helping them kind of revamp their website and try to, you know, basically go from, like you said, you know, $20,000 to whatever, $50,000 in a month uh, of revenue. And you were just like, yeah, well, this part sucks. That doesn't help you at all. You need to change that. And you just were yeah. like, you know, one thing after another. So I really appreciate it. You know, just your, your candor and um, being straight, straight, straight to the point. So you can be a little more kind with us. That's totally fine. Uh, you know, cause uh, <laughs> By the but, way, that uh, background. I'm not sure about that background. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, Try, but on, this one. There, oh, there you go. go. Yeah, this one. Oh, look at that. Yes. That feels yeah. like we're getting pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So on to the, the real stuff. So what we usually do when we have somebody on, we ask them, the question we ask them is, what is your print on demand story? But for you, I just want to kind of, you know, even back up further and just say, what is your general, how did you get into the apparel industry? What is that story? I mean, if you go all the way back, I had one of those, um, one of those ROP classes in high school that was just called graphic design, but it had screen printing as basically the main component. Um, mm -hmm. So then going through college, I was hustling screen printing. I went and I worked in multiple shops and I did, um, I managed a shop in West LA and in West LA, that shop, the owner would like disappear for five weeks and be like, Hey, handle it. Um, so then when I had a bit of a falling out with another boss, because I left that shop and got a whole new job at a brand. And when that brand kind of crumbled, I was like, I'm done with bosses. I know how to run a print shop. And I ended up just starting, you know, out on my, on my own then. Um, and it's always just been one of those things where like, maybe, I don't know. I just, I, I always made more money doing screen printing than I did anything else. Um, mm -hmm. Especially when you're all by yourself and you're starting out and you've got like a manual, you're going to make hundreds of dollars in, you know, two hours. Um, and I just didn't know how to do that in any other industry. Right. So you started off with a manual and I'm assuming like in your basement or your garage or, or something like that. Um, how many Not times quite, have you actually. To these? I, oh, go ahead. The, so the first, well, yeah, I, I tell a lot of people this on the podcast too, is um, the entire first year I didn't print at all. I just middlemanned. Um, okay. So because I was middlemanning, I built up a sales. So I was at probably more than 100,000 before I opened a building. Then I opened 1,000 square feet on Pico, got a manual, and we probably were at like 400,000 that second year. And then we got the building we're in now, which is 7,000 square feet with autos. So we were able to just kind of like rapidly accelerate because I cared more about sales than pretending that my printing was precious. I knew that my printing, like if I treated myself as a printer, I was just like an hourly wage. But if mm -hmm. I treated myself as somebody managing sales, that was limitless. Mm. Yeah. 
So you have your, uh, your people who, um, you know, like your press operators and such, but your, mm-hmm. your main job in your business, uh, is, is picking up the phone and making contacts, doing podcasts, making connections. Yeah. I mean, kind of, I mean, I've never been a super great, um, like aggressive salesperson. So I'm not normally like cold calling in the beginning. I did do that and it did give me some results. Um, but a lot of it's been just focusing on marketing and advertising and trying to be relatively honest in our marketing and advertising ourselves as like, Hey, we're someone who always picks up the phone. We're not a faceless kind of a printful kind of a company. Sure. Sure. Yeah, totally. So, um, Give us a so so our our audience obviously is is mainly print on demand. So we have uh, a lot of people who are you know just starting out with print on demand. Maybe they don't you know they're doing the middleman thing. They're they're listing on Amazon mm-hmm. or Etsy or whatever, and you know just selling coffee mugs and T-shirts and um, you know whatever they can kind of find from whichever print on demand fulfillment company they're currently you know using. Uh, and then we have the, some other people who are actually, you know, they have a laser engraver or something they're doing tumblers mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or some sublimation equipment and they're, you know, doing onesies for babies or coffee mugs or whatever. Um, we don't really, you're actually the first person that we've ever had on the podcast, um, that does screen printing and neither one of us, Josiah or, um, or myself do screen printing. So I think for our audience, it'd be really cool if you just, can you give kind of a, you know, a 30,000 foot overview of maybe how to screen print and what, it, what goes sure. into from design to t-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. So at its uh, most basic level, screen printing is just going to be a glorified high definition stencil. Um, so every single color is going to get its own uh, essentially stencil, which is going to be your screen. Um, and you're just passing ink through that emulsion and you're getting your print. So if you want something extremely complicated, you might be setting up an eight, nine, 10 color job, um, but it can look photorealistic. I mean, all mass retail garments are screen printed. Um, so anything you're buying that's mass produced, it was screen printed somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. The DTG stuff, it, I, it's obviously getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but still, if mm-hmm. somebody needs to knock out 10,000 units, it's gonna be screen printed. Mm-hmm. Right, now are you able to get like, like you said, photorealistic uh, stuff, how many, how many screens does it take to like do the picture that, you know, like your frame, if you were going to put that, put your picture with those t-shirts behind you and that wall and that whole deal on a, on a, on a t-shirt, um, are you going to be able to do that with, with screen? Yeah. Printing? So that it's half tones. If I, um, here, let me grab something. I, maybe I can put it up against the camera. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. This is where so, we'll play the Jeopardy theme music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so halftones are are just a bunch of little dots, kind of like a comic book. Mm, okay. I don't know. Can you see the dottiness of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're making this image for this. I think this was like a video game. Um, uh-huh. We're making this image out of those tiny dots. So okay. those tiny dots are giving you the impression of a bunch of colors. A lot of the time we max out at only seven or eight colors um, and it makes it look full color. Wow. That's pretty cool. So then what goes into it? I know, I mean, I kind of know, but for our listeners, um, I know you have to burn a screen for every color and um, there's, there's a lot of setup. And then, and then when you're done with the job, a lot of times, if you're not going to do it again, you got to then recapture those screens. And so there's a lot of, 
a lot of extra work that goes into it compared to like Mm -hmm. just sending a, sending a digital print to a DTG printer. It's, it's, it's a lot different. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, and that's why we have minimums is that exact problem. Um, We, we do have minimums and we also have a full time screen guy who's doing the days cleaning and burning and reclaiming over and over Um, on a Mm. small level, working with like a manual kind of print shop then yeah, it can take a guy a whole day to work on only your job. But when you turn it yeah. into more of a factory setting, then it feels mm-hmm. like, okay, this job's set up. Now, 45 minutes later, the next one's set up. Now, the two hours later, the next one's set up. And it's because sure. you minimize the roles um, that people have to play. So they're not running around doing seven things. They're just doing their task. And then someone else is doing yeah. another task. Right. Would you say that's a skill for you to like figure out what those tasks are and and kind of create SOPs or standard operating procedures for each each part of your operation? Is that a, is that a strength that you've or do you yeah, have I somebody mean, on your staff that helps you with that? I don't have anyone who handles that. I mean, I guess I did develop it, but it's not like I'm a genius. I mean, most print shops <laughs> have a relatively similar workflow. Um, yeah. And so if you can hire enough people, you kind of know what positions to put them in. Okay. That makes sense. The biggest problem is most people start as a one-man band. So then they're sure, stretched right. just way too thin to be uh, efficient. Sure. So, Cole, give us kind of an overview. You, we talked about kind of how screen printing works, the the kind of 30,000-foot f- view of that. But as a business owner, what does a day in your business at Shirt Agency look like kind of walk us through what a what a typical day might be for you uh there in la i mean for me i I don't even get up till two or three in the afternoon but for people that work here (laughs) the the main thing is it's just about uh breaking down what somebody's writing in an email to you creating invoices obviously once they're actually starting the order what we're doing is creating um, print-ready artwork, sending over mock-ups to confirm everything digitally so that we don't waste time burning screens more than once. Sure. Um, then it gets sent over to the press. We send another approval of the actual first print, and then that's getting scheduled for production so that we can just get it out the door on time. Um, mm-hmm. So most of the time, my personal day is responding to like emails, sales, um, and I manage a lot of the live printing. Um, so sure. that has me flying around. What sure. do you guys use for your uh, back end, like quote system and pr- proof system and all of that? Uh, it's called Printavo and it's a shop Printavo. management tool. So it's made for print shops. It also has like embroidery and DTG abilities. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've heard of them before. And um, what is your typical turnaround time? If someone were to place an order for, I don't know, 150 units, how long does it take that order to be produced? I know it depends on number of colors and that kind of stuff, but you know, front to finish, how, what's the turnaround time people can usually expect? Just because of demand and scheduling, it's seven to 10 business days. Um, okay. But we, we also do rushes where we have 24 hours because it's for, you know, X event and somebody screwed sure. up and now we're going to take over. Um, so rushes happen pretty often. Um, and then our normal turnaround time is basically a week and a half. So if people are scheduling their inventory properly, they don't really miss print on demand, um, sure. at least when they're doing enough volume. Obviously, if you have a ton of designs and they all kind of sell at random, then mm-hmm. I'm a terrible fit for you. 
But when you just have that bestseller and you're like just pounding out 300 every week, then buying a thousand of them from me lowers your costs a ton. And also you're not um, going to have to worry about the quality of the DTG being like subpar. Cause I know quite a sure. few of the DTG on demand guys, they're lowering their settings. So your DTG is not what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with screen printing, like we just have fully opaque ink that literally lasts longer than the cotton on the shirt. Sure. Yeah, I think I think to your point, I think um, DTG is uh, at a place where it hasn't been as kind of standardized, if you will, as, as right. screen printing has. Um, you know, there's so many different machines. There's so many different kinds of pre-treat, so many different inks. Um, and they all and, and then you have all the different operators, whereas screen printing, you know, you're going to you're pretty much mo- most people are using s- similar enough inks and similar enough techniques that you're going to get a more consistent print over and over from vendor to vendor to vendor. Now, obviously you have, you know, there's, there's bad yeah, apples in, in the bunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but exactly. Yeah, I mean, but that's DCG the same. In too, business. What I've learned that, that I think is kind of unfair is people will try to learn about DTG and they'll start asking what are the best machines at whatever. Yeah. And so you'll find out, you know, Hey, this operation has six core meats and you're like, Oh, well, you know, they spent a million dollars on core needs. They must be an amazing operation. But they then run those core needs on the lowest settings. Yeah. So they just care about volume, 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 and keeping their costs low. So the machine that they run is unbelievable, but they're lowering their standards so low to maximize their margin. And that's where it gets really frustrating for people to deal with because they can't really trust someone until they blatantly see the product in hand. Right. Yeah, that's why sampling is so important for for well for any any vendor. If you're going to do garments, you you know if you're going to ha- have garments done for you, you need to get samples. But um, I wanted to before we move on to kind of DTG versus screen printing, which we're already kind of in, but I, I want to back up just for a second and talk a little bit about um, your business and 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 some of the marketing endeavors you guys have done. I know for for one, I know you're actually going to a live screen printing event that. I'm assuming you guys are putting on um, as kind of a marketing thing or, or, or I've heard of, okay, I'll back up. I've heard of peop, of shops doing live screen printing right. to kind of do business and, and, and interest in their products. So, uh, but um, is that something you guys have done or uh, t- talk about some of the marketing efforts you guys have, have, have engaged yeah. in? I mean, we've never done live printing for free as like a marketing effort. Um, we did make a deal with Live Nation and Bella Canvas once where we were doing it like basically at cost because being at Live Nation events was, it was really good exposure. Um, but the thing with the live printing for us now is we're doing it at like corporate events. So it'll be a party or a race or a concert. Um, and then they're the ones giving away a free item, um, even though they've prepaid us for all of that work. Um, but as far as marketing, we've gone so far just running like video ads on Instagram and Facebook. It's kind of unbelievable how simple that's been. And it gives us enough leads um, to spend a relatively low budget and, you know, still feel like every morning we have enough people to call uh, and follow up with. What would you say your um, return, uh, not um, your clientele that keep coming back to you, what percentage of business is that compared to new business that you have to go out and get? Oh, I mean, yeah, we've got some people that have been with us for years. So 
80 something percent, 85 percent of our business is existing. Um, And actually, a lot of it disappeared because of COVID because we had um, a lot of music companies and we had a lot Mm. of bar companies. So both of those kind of just went silent for a year. Um, uh, But they're coming back. And then a lot of our e-commerce people have just kind of stayed with us this whole time. Um, And then, yeah, we're getting we're adding to our total like client user base but it's not like something we desperately need to do Mm -hmm. wow that's awesome so we talked a little bit about uh you know the differences between dtg and screen printing um, a little bit but we can dive into that a little bit more how do you differentiate what you do from print on demand and are there any similarities uh in what you do to uh, to print on demand I mean, I think I think we have advantages over print on demand if it's scheduled right and if mm-hmm. it's done with intention. So we have one YouTuber um, who is a video game YouTuber, and he'll get two, three million views on every video. And like Clockwork, this guy just sells a few thousand pieces of merch every single month. So at the moment, I think we're only stocking maybe six SKUs for the guy. And he's always buying a few thousand shirts each month to re-up his inventory so it's never too low. But the amazing mm-hmm. thing with him compared to most print-on-demand companies is his customers are receiving their item two, three days after they pay for it. And mm-hmm. most print-on-demand companies can't even come close to offering that. And it's because we actually mass-produce them. They sit on a shelf and we pull it off a shelf. Which, you know, right. you go to like Printful, especially... When they had some of their COVID problems, I was hearing people waiting three, four weeks for an on-demand item. Mm-hmm. It's like doesn't sound very yeah. on-demand to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I did so, see I mean, on- with the with the volume, we can definitely do a lot of um, you know what feels like rapid response to people's issues. Right. Yeah. It's still, so it feels print-on-demand to the customer for right. for garments. I, I also saw on your. Um, on on your shirt agency website, which is a great website, by the way, um, you have DTG on mm-hmm. it. You also yeah. do em- embroidery. Um, mm-hmm. Are you doing any like kind of order fulfillment or you know on demand for the customer for um, for embroidery? And then are you using DTG for uh, any on demand t- again to the customer uh, orders? So the amount of times that we've tried on demand is uh, a lot. <laughs> we've attempted it. Like <laughs> we've attempted to pull it out. You got your UPS. There he is. All right. <laughs> What's, up? So, uh, What's up, ups? <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, we've attempted it, and like we worked with a company called Ink Locker, who was a software company, and we were trying to do like an on-demand system that kind of married screen printing and DTG and put it all together. And I just feel mm-hmm. like a lot of print-on-demand companies until they reach like a crazy scale, they're actually just operating at a loss. Um, And Mm. since we are a mom and pop kind of a business, we can't just burn money for years like somebody who has um, that kind of backing. Um, And so Mm -hmm. you look at those big scale operations and they're just not functioning like a company that has to make revenue. What they're trying to do is get people onboarded. Um, and so when we were doing it, we were looking at our margins and we're like, why, like why are we printing on demand? We're not going to be that competitive with these big guys and we're not making any money doing it. So, um, now it's like, do you want DTG? Cool. We can either do it for sampling. We can do it for small event, you know, things that are desperate and we just have to get out 30 pieces. 
um, mm -hmm. or we can do it because you just love how it looks and then we can stock it with the other stuff we're already stocking for you. Okay. So it's more of a supplemental process that you guys have the ability to offer mm -hmm. your customers. It's not something that you're really pushing. Yeah. I mean, DTG is like 10% of our revenue. Okay. Hmm. And what about embroidery? How are you, how that's, does that fit into your probably, business? I mean, I, it just kind of goes hand in hand. Like if they're buying the hoodies from you, why wouldn't they buy the hats? Um, mm -hmm. So it, I feel like the embroidery is more important than the DTG. Um, and embroidery is probably 15% or so of the business. And it's just one of those things where like, why would I want someone to find another apparel company and not sure. get that revenue when they already are in my like sphere? Many screen printing yeah. companies have embroidery in-house too. What's the... Uh... What's the next technology you would be most, or like the, the kind of the, the piece of machinery that you've got your eye on, you know, to introduce into your kind of ecosphere for your customers? What is there something that you've had your eye on? The, I mean, it, this might be a little getting nerdy, but there's these rock hybrids that are unbelievable. So you get like a rock oval automatic screen printing press, mm -hmm. and then it has a DG head on it. So you can do things like underbase, you can screen print a white underbase rapidly mm -hmm. and then it's only printing colors on top um which eliminates the pre-treat step altogether um wow. it also is way faster and the, those dtg machines can get all the way up to about 600 units an hour which is like unprecedented um mm -hmm. but once again that's like volume dtg you're not going to do unique items with that kind of a setup but you will sure. do unbelievable quality um at a, a rapid pace mm. How but, are the? But you're uh, talking more than a quarter million on one of those. Okay, and then how are the ink prices since you're using DTG inks versus your screen printing inks? Oh, I mean, I can get a gallon of screen printing ink that in California is the highest standard stuff because um, it has to be in California uh, mm -hmm. for forty, fifty dollars for an entire gallon, and that's I don't know yeah. two to three thousand shirts and wow. a single cartridge of DTG ink that's about this big. And maybe does 150 shirts or something cost me like 200 bucks. So I'm looking at like more than a dollar a shirt in ink DTGing it. And I'm looking at a penny, two pennies on screen printing ink. Yeah. I mean, ink is wow. never wow. a concern for me with screen printing. Mm -hmm. I don't it's even more of the like, setup. Yeah. It's the actual labor, getting it right with screen printing. If you don't have it looking perfect, it's not going to get any better. You're just going to print trash. DTG <laughs> does have that really nice feature of like, I'm sitting at a computer, I press print, I turn around and the shirt's done. Um, sure. But when you need to do hundreds of units, all of a sudden you see that those, um, that speed is flipped. Because once it is sure. set up, I can run at a thousand shirts an hour screen printing on an automatic press but I can do like 20 to 30 shirts an hour on each DTG machine. So yeah. um, at volume, it flips pretty quickly. So um, for our listeners that um, just so they have kind of a, an idea, what, at what point would you say it makes sense to like at what volume of a particular design, does it make sense to maybe find somebody like you that's doing, you know, screen printing on demand fulfillment uh, versus, uh, you know, just this, the DTG guy at what, like, is it 20 shirts a month? Is it 50 shirts a month? A hundred shirts? What is it? Uh, I would say somewhere around 50 of a single design. 
And that design mm -hmm. can go on multiple items. It can be on the women's shirt, the hoodie, and the men's shirt. But right. when, as long as the design's identical, about 50 units, you'll start to see that your cost per unit's so much lower that it's attractive to actually hold inventory. Um, because DTG on demand, on the low end, I mean, what's a low end price on DTG on demand for you guys? Like nine or 10 maybe? That's like the low end? Yeah. yeah. I'd say that, I mean, yeah. It's not that crazy to be at 50, even at 50 units on a cheaper shirt, you're looking at six bucks, seven bucks. And then mm -hmm. if you want to do any sort of real volume, it's not crazy to have $4 shirts, $5 shirts. And the quality is still there to sell them for 2025. It's not like you lowered your quality. You just right, right. used a different method. Wow. Man, you're going to talk me into getting a manual <laughs> press here. So the, damn it. Well, don't print for yourself. <laughs> it's, it's not worth it's not worth learning all the skill but you can yeah. definitely you know if you have some of these guys that we work with they'll have best-selling designs and then um in their shopify back end they'll just split their vendors right. so yeah. we do have customers right. that are still on printful they got 23 different designs but three of them are killing it and those three designs are managed by us because it's that actually worth it for them to get the bigger margin yeah mm -hmm. that does make sense yeah, that's that's awesome. That, that I'm with Travis. I'm like, man, do we need to get a screen printing press now, or how does this work? <laughs> you know, we're we're just it's 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 incredible. So, and I think I like the idea too of like you were saying the order fulfillment. Um, do you what's is there extra charge if a client was like, hey, I want you to hold, you know, X number of shirts and ship them as the orders come through? What does that process look like as far as order fulfillment on demand with what you're doing there? So we have an all-in handling charge that includes the storage. It includes us having boxes or poly mailers and creating your labels. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's normally in like the dollar eighty range, on top of just buying shirts from us. Sure. Yeah, and then there's the cost of the label, which is just whatever USPS is charging, which is you know three bucks. Sure. Awesome. So that dollar eighty kind of covers your storage fees as well as. Your pick and pack. Yeah, unless somebody totally bombs out and it sits for six months, we don't have any additional storage fees. Six months okay. is our hey, we need to talk uh, point. D what is it? <laughs> D D T D T F? No, D no, not that one. I don't D think it's D R D T R. Find the relationship. Yeah. yeah, I normally call my customers and I'm like D T F. What's up? <laughs> You need to define. You have to define the relationship before you DTF. That's we've already we've, are, we've already had whole episodes on direct to film, Cole. So we know yeah. all about DTF. Okay, <laughs> so get your mind out of the gutter, people. All right, so let's move oh, on to uh, what we call the magic questions. They're like some questions that we we have a several of them here on our notes, and then we just ask whatever we kind of yeah, see kinda, is relevant yeah. or whatever. Um, so tell us about some time in your business that something happened that that was like a total failure or it felt like a failure to you. Give us an, a, a good yeah. story. Story time with Cole. <laughs> uh, I mean, the biggest failure I think I ever did was, uh, I mean, it, it was kind of twofold and then it expanded into bigger failure. So <laughs> we, the fulfillment side of our business was doing really well and um, we were feeling really cramped in our original space. Um, and so we decided, Hey, let's spin off the fulfillment side. And one of the girls that was already working with us had been wanting to not have to drive to LA all along. 
And I thought that, hey, I'm going to get this spot out in uh, like the Inland Empire, which is just the dirt people area. And uh, so Sorry, I was like, Empire I'm going to save, apologize. <laughs> I'm like, I'm save just, so much money uh, <laughs> moving it out there. We just lost hundreds of listeners. Hundreds, Cole. Yeah. Hey, it's okay. Hard they weren't making much. So it, you didn't lose your best <laughs> listeners. Okay. You just learned. <laughs> it's just a bunch of skinny, sunburnt people. So the uh, <laughs> so anyway, so I I sent her out there to do it, and you know when she was in the building with us, she was great. But when it came to uh, her dealing with it without me being to be able to be in two places at once, slowly but surely that just started deteriorating. Um, and then her building actually was maxing out because the fulfillment was still busy, even though there were already problems that I was seeing. So we got a bigger building. And uh, then, like that trans that that conversion into the bigger building, just all the problems just like got way out of control. Um, mm. So that was probably our biggest failure was managing that growth and not understanding mm. that like I didn't have the right person in place, or mm-hmm. maybe knowing that but being too afraid to like fix it. Just cut cut the ties and just move right. on. Yeah. yeah. All right. What kind of what, you so, like people, I mean, you know, when you work with right, them every yeah. day, you like them. And it, yeah, it right. wasn't even that she was screwing me or something and she was like doing a bad job. She just did mm-hmm. not have the skills to hit that level. She had been oh, a yeah. good, hardworking employee who did not know what to do. And so mm-hmm. that was probably my biggest failure, like trying to force the expansion and like it was the wrong people in place. I see. Yeah. So what yeah. kind of problems did you get into? Was it like just delayed orders and things like that was it like other stuff yeah yeah i mean you end up with problems where it's like you know it's really easy to pack 200 shirts a day especially if that's someone's job it's really hard to pack 3000 orders a day um and and it just you just start seeing these failures of like you know hey we have a 3% error rate on people getting the wrong sizes and we have to send out the new items lose money on all the mail, normally lose mm-hmm. money on the cost of the apparel also. And even once it. we do it, our customers pissed. So all mm-hmm. we did was just make up for them already being pissed, but we didn't do a good thing. We just tried to save it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. we had uh, we had one customer who was destroying it and they were getting into PacSun and stuff. So they mm-hmm. would have like a 9,000 piece day kind of out of the blue. And we were sitting there with four people being like completely unable to manage the Ugh. surprise influx. And then yeah. you have this person that's unexperienced in charge and yeah. she didn't know how to like train up people, bring in new people. She just couldn't manage it. She couldn't get to that level. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what did you so, end up doing? Just letting her go and finding somebody that was better <laughs> equipped to do that? Yeah, I mean, she ended up leaving and I had to bring everything back in house. So we actually took over the place next door so that we're now back in one building. So now I can like have eyes on it and not get told right. at 3.30, like, hey, this happened today. So like, <laughs> I re- that I, bringing it all back into one place was basically key. And I'd love to know how I can split it out. And I think it's just probably the right person, but... At the moment, mm-hmm. I've got it all back under one roof so I can actually see things. 
Yeah, sure. I, I, I do envy you, though. I mean, getting there at, you know, two o'clock and not having any problems until 3.30. That's pretty amazing. So, yeah. You have an hour and, and a half, half, half when you get there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of complete serenity and yeah. ignorance as to what is happening <laughs> since you got there. Um, yeah. I, so, I mean, I hate I always hated that with employees is if an employee is going to tell me at 930 in the morning, like, I think we have a problem. Hey, can you maybe call in part timers? Mm-hmm. I can't do this. They tell me that. I'm like, let's talk. Let's figure it out. Let's manage it. Yeah. yeah. But if an employee at 3.30 is like, I'm 1,500 units behind. <laughs> right. I'm going to go home in an hour. And you're just like, <laughs> what the hell? What yeah. do you want? Yeah, exactly. Why? <laughs> you didn't know you were behind like since 10, 11 in the morning? Like, right. right. We, we, we have ways to fix it, but you can't go dark on your boss. Because your right. boss doesn't know every little problem. Yeah. So totally. I, yeah. I, that was one of those things with her where it was just, just like she would she thought I was going to be mad at her if she told me things. But then <laughs> she would just tell them to me way too late. You yeah. know? Right. Right. And it's yeah, like, it's you know, I would have loved to help six hours ago. But right. now the yeah. thing's just screwed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like not wanting, want, not wanting to go to the doctor because they might find something wrong. I just, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna address it because it might be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. well, it's better to just uh, kind of die at that point. Oh yeah, just rip, rip off the. You know, really, and... what? Who wants to know they have some sort of clock? Just go, go gung ho. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, if you had to start all over, uh, moving on to our next question, if you had to start all over and you lost all of your current contacts, what would you mm-hmm. do first? Oh, I'd probably like get a degree in business. Uh, <laughs> Go back to school. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the, the thing that I've learned about it, what I've been good at um, is it, it is kind of like the sales, networking, like marketing aspect where sure. I can get people to like believe that I won't screw them. And then I follow up by not screwing them. Um, and I probably could, if I was just, bankrupt or something from this company i probably would be interested in going into another field just because like i've done apparel you know and i don't necessarily know if my skills are truly t-shirt based even though that's where i've been directing them Mm -hmm. sure that's good um but as far as giving advice i guess i would say that i would i don't know (laughs) i would i would probably (laughs) never buy a manual press and i would have gone automatic to begin with so you you totally okay. get out of the t-shirt game all all oh no you said you'd get a manual you said you'd never buy a manual press you'd get an automatic press so you would right. stay in the t-shirt game but you might have a little detour and get a get a degree first is that what you're saying No I think I'm just answering as like my personal answer in which case I probably would get out of the game and then my yeah. my kind of like if you use it as a <laughs> prompt to give advice as a prompt to give yeah. advice, then I would probably say worry Busted. about sales and go straight into automatic presses. Um, because right. all the guys that I know that have been successful, they're doing big volume. They're not in their garage sweating it out. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay. So we've had you know lots of different people that are in the print on demand um, universe and different you know different types of people, different. Uh, um, vendors and, and just people that are in the game. Uh, and we mm-hmm. ask him this question and I'm really interested because you're the first screen printer we've had on the, on the show. And so from a screen printer's perspective, what do you think the future 
of print on demand is? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of consolidation in the industry. And I think a lot of the small people are going to die. Um, I think that the technology is just getting better and better. It's going to be faster. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that there's still going to be a place for volume printing that isn't necessarily DTG. Um, But some of these pieces of equipment, like those rock hybrids, Mm -hmm. there's some more people. Hi, guys. They're setting up for the live (laughs) event. Um, We get to go to this crazy live event tonight. That's like a party till midnight. And it's for women in weed. So I'm assuming it's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's like <laughs> women, career women in weed. It's really dope. Uh, All right. So no ooh, pun intended. Funny. No pun intended. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so now I lost my train of thought. But yeah, I mean, some of this equipment, like the rock hybrid, it's really mm-hmm. phenomenal. And it'll scale DTG to a speed that we haven't seen before. Because mm-hmm. It's always been that the cost of ink and the speed is the huge hindrance for that um, technology. Yeah. Yeah. Any other any other uh, products or um, you know print on demand kind of genres? Uh, we that can still see worse, it. That did totally <laughs> look worse. <laughs> any anything other than apparel that you see print on demand kind of blowing up and 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 is there anything that would kind of persuade you to jump into maybe another technology that you're not currently doing? Uh. I mean, I think the way that I would be in print on demand is probably through a partnership. I think mm. finding the right partner and then offering my audience a print on demand solution that's with somebody who's already invested a few million on the operation is probably the best way sure. for me to get into it. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything as something. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there is kind of this on demandification of everything. Right. And more and more, we're going to see the huge companies play with it. Um, the NFL is already messing with it. Um, so seeing yeah, that saw it out at the of, draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and we also did a few years ago, there was this project that Reebok was doing where like every single person that wanted their promo item was getting it customized and print on demand. And that was really cool because it was all done through a custom website that Reebok had made. Um, mm. So it was like, here's the city I'm from. Here's my last name, blah, 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 blah. And then the, website was dumping that information into an art file and automatically making the art file so that it could oh, be wow. DTG printed and shipped out. And you know, you start seeing something like that out of like Supreme and you've got this like hype beast brand that can then do a one-off for you. And they charge 90, I don't even know what they charge anymore. Like they charge $200 for a one-off custom Supreme or whatever that sure. through the DTG yeah. space could be really interesting. It's just that we have to make the web to print transition like seamless. There has to be no human touch in it. Um, so as that software works better with the hardware and people aren't tweaking art or whatever, the sure. industry is going to come up with some cool ideas. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. <clears throat> awesome. Well, Cole, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It looks like you've got uh, things happening behind you and women of, yeah. <laughs> in weed. Uh, women women in weed to, waiting. So, women in weed are waiting. <laughs> Uh, for for you and your team. So, Cole, before you go, let people know where they can find out more about Shred Agency and more about the um, the services you offer on social media and your website and stuff like that real quick before we let you go. Yeah, so it's uh, shirtagency.com. At Shred Agency is all the different handles. Um, my personal handle is at Cole L. Um, 
And then, yeah, I mean, you can check out more stuff that I've said out loud on the podcast. Building Your T-Shirt <laughs> Empires on all the major, like, uh, I don't know what they're called, platforms. Podcast, platforms, yeah. Yeah, and there's a ton of, like, there's full episodes on just what I think about, you know, this DTG machine or whatever. So if you sure. want to get in-depth with any of that, that's all available to download already. Awesome. Well, for those listening, please uh, avail yourself of all of those um, episodes. Support his podcast. Support the business. Go check him out on Facebook and Instagram. Check out his website. Uh, Cole, thank you so much for taking the time, and we look forward to catching up with you sometime down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Not a problem. Have a good one. Have fun tonight. Be be safe. <laughs> I'm. I think it's going to be hard not to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. We want to thank Cole again for taking the time uh, for to come on uh, the POD cast. And guys, please support his podcast again. It's called Building Your T-Shirt Empire. Uh, fantastic podcast. Great interview. And you're right, Travis. He is very much no nonsense. I think a lot of our guests, when they answer questions, you know, they'll answer it. And I'm, I'm expecting maybe longer winded answers. But Cole kind of just got to the point and gave the answer and then just waited for you and I to speak. And it was a little, uh, it caught me off guard a little bit. It took me a second to get into the rhythm of the interview, uh, given this, but I thought it went really well. And it, it was interesting to hear kind of his frank opinion on, you know, his frustrations with DTG printers yeah. versus uh, screen printers. And like we said in the interview, when he get, when he broke down that printing or that ink cost for, for screen printers, I was like, should we go into mm-hmm. screen printing? <laughs> Perhaps we need to pivot. Here we go. Pivot. Pivot. Hey. Hey, there we go. No, I, I fully agree. It's like, um, and I, we talked about this probably two years ago. You know, when yeah. I was, when I was in Longmont, I was considering, um, you know, maybe doing some screen printing at some point because I know that, you know, if you can get some people that are doing large volumes of, of shirts, you know, every week, yeah. either, yeah. either locally or e-commerce wise, you know, you, right. you can kind of, and you can kind of do both with that. You you really yep. can make a lot of money because your cost of goods is so, so low. Um, and, you know, and, and just the ability to, um, you know, make more money, the more things you print, like your cost yeah. goes down with DTG. Yeah. It never goes down. It just stays the same all the time. Right. Right. Um, so it's a different, it really is a different method. And, and I think Cole did a great job kind of, um, laying that out. And obviously he's, yep. you know, he's definitely, um, prefers and, and, and is skewed more. Oh, sure. Um, There's definitely a bias there. Yeah. He's know, got a bias. Sure. Which I would expect. I mean, that's his yeah, business. That's his world. You know, I'm 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 biased towards making money, which is why I'm kind of swayed <laughs> towards screen printing a little bit right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I completely <laughs> agree. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely uh, gives some some food for thought. But like he said, mm-hmm. don't do the printing yourself because the labor is so ridiculous. So, you know, right. you want to that's the kind of position we want to find someone that has experience in screen printing and bring them on your right. team and let them just kind of own that instead of you having to try and learn that process because it is super labor intensive. So keep that in mind too, as you're listening folks, um, you know, when it comes to screen printing versus uh, DTG and print on demand, but I thought it was super educational. I think it does provide yeah. a good flip side of the coin for our listener. Cause we talk so much about DTG and, and print on demand to hear someone that comes from the other side of, 
of that in the screen printing world was was awesome and i really really enjoyed it so um I, with that guys i think that's all we have this week for you thank you so much for listening as always join the facebook group mm-hmm. print on demandcast.com slash facebook there is a lot of conversation happening, a lot of interaction. It's a lot of fun. Join the community, join the family, join the conversation, and we would love to have you there with us. Another thing that you can do to help us out here at the Printer Demand Cast, uh, you can find us on all of the major pe- podcast platforms, uh, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, Apple. Uh, we are there wherever there are podcasts. The POD Cast is there for you, and you can always, always leave us a five-star review and a rating on iTunes be very, very helpful to us. And we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, helps our algorithms. Maybe next week we need to shout out a couple more five-star reviews. I know we've done that occasionally here and there yeah. uh, with with uh, the five-star reviews that, that come up. So maybe next week we'll shout one out. So if you leave one now, perhaps we can mm. shout you out in a week. Yeah, see, you want us you to, to shout you out? Uh, leave a five-star review. So uh, Travis, anything else before we wrap this thing up and take it home? Don't think so. I don't have much this week. This was a fun show. I, I really, I like, I like Cole. I like kind of his business yeah. mind and um, that was a fun interview. So I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, there you have it folks for Josiah. <laughs> I'm going to try this again. <laughs> <laughs> this has been uh, for some reason uh, challenging <clears throat> for Travis. I'm Josiah and we will see you next week right here on the print on demand cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the print on demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at print Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now. So you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week. take you straight to this week's main event our interview with cole lundstrom i'm gonna do that again <laughs> <laughs> no don't i don't want to do that again that was funny why 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 is it do not disturb mode on and it's still freaking rang what did what, it was that? it sounded like a cricket <laughs> yeah all right from the top